Good morning, welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Emor Shishi, the sixth Aliyah in Parshas Emor. The topic of our Aliyah is the festivals past three, and this is really about Sukkos. This Aliyah runs from Perik Chav Gimel, Pasuk Lame Gimel, to Per to Pasuk Mem Dalet. It is 12 Sukkim long. Let's take a look, brief overview. The Torah tells us that on the 15th of the seventh month, that is the time when Sukkos is celebrated for seven days. The first day is a holy day, and there is that's the only holy day of Sukkos. Then there is on the eighth day after Sukkos, there is Atzeres, that's what we call Shmini Atzeres, and there's again no work done on that. We then hear about um, all of the uh, the mitzvahs, the commandments on Sukkot. So we hear that when the the Sukkot is described, it seems to be a second time now that um, at the festival of Asif, it's the time of gathering, you're supposed to have this, uh, this seven day Yontav followed by an eighth day of Shabbat. And on the first day, you have these certain fruits that are taken. There is the Priyat Sadar, there's Kapois Tamarim, these are the four um, different species that are formed together to form our Arab Minim, what we colloquially call the Lulav and Esrog. And, um, the, and then we hear about uh, that you make a Chag, you have to make a Chag a Sukkot Teish, where you're supposed to stay, stay in the Sukkah, dwell in the Sukkah for seven days. Um, and uh, and this is a mitzvah for all generations in order to know that Hashem put us in hats in in or in clouds um, when we left Egypt. So this is the the, the aliyah as a whole. Very familiar ideas. A few basic questions that we can ask. Um, the first is 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 what is Sukkot the culmination of? Um, you know where where does it fit into the cycle? So the truth is actually that it fits into two sets of cycles really. There's there's a particular cycle and a universal cycle that occur at the same time. So let's think about this for us for a second. Um, there is the system what we call the Shalash Rogalim, the three festivals, and the, then there that's Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. So King, Sukkot being the last of them. And then there's Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, which we'll call the Teshuvah cycle. Now let's just appreciate the difference between them. When it comes to um, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, that is a cycle which is very particularistic. In a certain sense, it is um, it is redemption, a revelation, and uh, providence or, 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 or in involvement of Hashem in our lives. So this is the expression of how Hashem has chosen us as a nation by taking us out of Egypt, giving us a mission statement to Torah, and preserving us on a day-to-day basis. Those are the three festivals in that. That is very much particular to Israel. But then there's the universal cycle. The day of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are the judgment days um, of the universe. It's not just about um, the, the nation of Israel. It is universal. And that those come into the Sukkot, Sukkot being the time where the nations of the world are brought in and there's a Teshuvah Me'ava, a, 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 a certain element of return to Hashem through the process of love and the process of, of connection. And... Um, and not not fear, and the, the nations are brought in. We sacrifice seventy bulls over the course of Sukkot for the sake of the nations of the world. It's a time where, as is described in Zechariah, that the nations of the world will come to pay homage to Hashem after the war of Gog and Magog in the future. It's very much a universal cycle. So Sukkot really expresses the culmination of uh, of um, of of both these cycles. And in a certain sense, we really are Sukkot people. We are, on the one hand, Jewish in particular. We have we have a moral code which is unique to the nation of Israel. At the same time, we're also humans. We're part of the larger expression of what reality is around us. We are that Sukkot person culminating those three, those, those cycles of three, the Shalash Shogalim and the Teshuvah cycle, which both are Sukkot. Now the question is, why do we have Shemini So the 
Um, Torah quotes a very fascinating observation, which is um, which is made um, in a, a pasuk in Mishle, which is Latava Yevakesh Nifrad, which is literally translated as "For desire, one will seek uh, aloneness." Typically understood, that's understood as Rabbeinu Yonah explains that the idea is is that when a person wants their own lusts or desires, they will automatically separate themselves from others because if everybody is interested in their own their own goals they will move away from the interests of others um, because our interests will not converge. Um, even something as so much as something as simple as what's the temperature in the room, what is the air conditioning or heat set to, if I want what I want, I'm not going to be able to live with you on a communal setting with you because you have different needs or wants. Um, however, there's another way to read that Pasuk, and that is is that when something's about to separate, when we're about to lose something, that's when that's when we want it, that's when we desire it. We take for granted the things in our lives until they start disappearing, God forbid. And that's why Hashem instituted the Atzeres, this day of waiting at the end, to specifically tell us it's going away. The festivals are going away for six months. Only six months of the years have the biblical festivals. It's from Pesach to um to uh, to to Sukkos. the others the other half of the year if you slice it in half is bare of any biblical holidays so this is the end of it all it's about to go away appreciate it as well um you'll notice something interesting is the differences between Sukkos and our, our Romini. we have two mitzvahs two main mitzvahs of the day the one is sitting in the Sukkot, the other one is the arba minim how do we understand the differences between the two so there's two ways of looking at this well many ways but we're going to look at uh, um, two right now the one is an observation made by Rav Kook, uh, which is recorded in Mo'adeh Hari'iyah. He says a very, very powerful observation. He says that when it comes to sukkah, uh, the sukkah itself, sukkah is something which has many, many kulas, many, many leniencies. So, for instance, you can have good aches where the walls can go can uh, go all the way down, even though they're not really fully there, or good asik go all the way up. Um, depending on you obviously have to have a certain amount of the wall sufficient which sufficiently then the rest is seen as an extension we have the notion of, of lovewood which is there's gaps which still are considered part of the fence there's dof and akuma where, the, where even though the, the part of the roof may be not good schach but if it's connected to the wall up to four amos is considered the bent over wall there's all these kulas but when it comes to lulav and esrog there's so many hidurim and there's so many chumras a little dot a little split a little uh, a little dryness all these things are considered very very we, we, we go to great lengths to to get the best lulav and esrog isn't that interesting so the one mitzvah we're very very machmir the other mitzvah we're very very makil within halacha why is that? So Rav, Rav Cook explains that the when it comes to the the lulav, it's a lokachtem nochem. You need to take it for yourself. It's your own personal portfolio in spirituality. When it comes to your portal, personal portfolio, there are no corners to be cut. When it comes to your becoming a better and a better growing person, a ben or bas aliyah, it needs to be something which is uncompromising. You need to grow and not have any excuses. But when it comes to the sukkah, the sukkah is not about personal growth. In fact, there's no halacha that you need to own your sukkah. It can't be a stolen sukkah, but you don't have to own a sukkah like you need to own your lulav and esrog. The sukkah is a place called Ezra, where Yisrael Yeshua sukkahs. Everybody can be in the sukkahs. In fact, in the, the future of redemption, everybody's going to be in a sukkah altogether. That being the case, if it's all about togetherness, when it comes to togetherness, it requires compromise. Sometimes it doesn't look like it's all there, but we'll consider it's like that. Sometimes a little bit of a problem over there, but we'll we'll overlook it. In halacha, halacha is, is showing us, says Rav Kook, that in order to create peace, sukkahs shalom, 
you need to be able to compromise. If you're not willing to compromise, you can't create peace. When it comes to yourself, your personal portfolio, there's no compromise. That's the that's the, the idea over here. There's another idea which the Meshachachma suggests, which is which is that there's two different types of mitzvahs. There are mitzvahs which are um, we'll call it in the same direction as our needs and wants, and and therefore they are enriching. And there are mitzvahs which are against the grain and require sacrifice. And he says that sukkah and lulav represent both of those. Meaning to say, if, you're, if you've been an agricultural list, you're a farmer, you've been working on the farm all the time, and you are, and you finish the season, what is it that you want to do? So, in most societies, there are um, harvest festivals, right? So the, the pumpkins and apples in America refer, are related to the harvest of that, the, the, of that time. And there are all kinds of harvest festivals in all kinds of different cultures. So people would display what the, the best of their crops and so on. He says, that's the lulav. At the end of the, the harvest, you pull out your best of your crops, you display them, you show them. That's, that's, that's a natural human desire to show what it is you've done. However, uh, the, what you also want to do is after that harvest festival, you just want to go inside to your air-conditioned den and sip an, a, a, a nice glass of, of some, something strong. But the last thing you want to do is be sitting outside in the elements again. You spent the entire last six months out in the elements. That's the sukkah. The sukkah requires sacrifice. So the Rav Mesemchadavinsk points out that there are times the Torah asks us to do things which are convergent with our interests and needs, and there are times that it doesn't, and that it makes us sacrifice. Both are very important to be able to understand our service of God. One last point, which is very fascinating, and that is, is that the sukkah seems to be, as Rav Hirsch points out, a war on the gag, on the roof. Because you can make a sukkah with very stable walls, but the top is what is important. The schach needs to be something which is not permanent, which is not strong, which you need to be able to see the stars through. The rain needs to get through at least, at least minimally. Um, so in these in these cases, um, it is in a certain sense the sukkah is about the war on the permanence that we create for ourselves, where we feel like we're in a capsule, we feel like we're protected from all the elements of nature which is above us as well, because Hashem is in control of that. Um, and that perhaps might, it might be why it is that the ultimate war of apocalypse is going to be at this time, and it's the war of Gog or Magog. The, the king of this nation is called Gog. Says Rav Hirsch, it's not by coincidence that it relates to the idea of Gag, which is the roof, which is what Sukkot is about. Sukkot is about taking off the roof, realizing how vulnerable we are, and it's going to be that ideological battle which is fought at the end of times around the festival of Sukkot. So with this, we conclude the Sikh Valley. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.